If you drive around the United States, you might see giant fiberglass statues of people, all kinds of people, lumberjacks, spacemen, Native Americans, and women who look kind of like Jackie Onassis Kennedy. But what are they, and why are they there? Well, they happen to be an interesting window into American culture and history. And today on English Through History, we're going to learn a little bit about the muffler men. Now, first of all, a little story on how I got interested in this topic. As a self-proclaimed expert on Western culture, I've often found myself teaching about North American folklore. And one iconic myth from North America is the character of Paul Bunyan. Now, Paul Bunyan is a mythological lumberjack. And lumberjacks, by the way, are, are woodcutters who were an important part uh, of North America's early history. But Paul Bunyan wasn't just any regular lumberjack. He was a giant known for great feats of strength. And he's also a well-known symbol in both the US and Canada. You can see his likeness all over the place uh, on products, TV shows, and more. And one other place you can see him is on roadsides all over the continent. So as I taught about this latter part, I ended up doing some research on just why these Paul Bunyan statues exist. And here's what I found. See, the Paul Bunyan statues are just one kind of a variety of giant fiberglass statues collectively called muffler men. Uh, a little bit more on this term later. Uh, now, before the muffler men were born, was the company that made them. This company was called International Fiberglass, and it was started in the late 1950s by a man named Bob Lee Pruitt. Now, Pruitt was actually more interested in cowboys and rodeos. He wanted to advertise a trailer that he had, so he made a fiberglass horse to stand in that trailer. Well, it turned out that a lot of people really liked that fiberglass horse, and they started requesting Pruitt to make them fiberglass animals for their own advertising needs. Well, in 1962, Pruitt got a request from the Lumberjack Cafe in Flagstaff, Arizona for a giant Paul Bunyan statue to stand outside their business. Uh, this statue is still in Arizona today, apparently, but it's been moved to the campus of North Arizona University home of the lumberjacks. Anyway, it turned out that Pruitt was a cowboy at heart, not a giant fiberglass novelty vendor. So in 1963, he sold the business to a boat maker named Steve Dashu. See, certain boats are made out of fiberglass, and so Dashu had some experience working with that material. International fiberglass provided him with a way to make money in the off-season by selling statues made from Pruitt's Paul Bunyan mold. And apparently, the statues started to become popular. Apparently, they brought business to, well, businesses. However, not everyone wanted a Paul Bunyan statue, and it could be a little expensive to custom make uh, other kinds of statues and molds. So International Fiberglass had the idea to create molds that could be adapted to a variety of different needs. That's why if you look at pictures of muffler men, you might see spacemen, football players, and even Alfred E. Newmans, all with similarly shaped hands holding a variety of objects from axes to mufflers. That last one is why they're called muffler men, by the way. And this term was coined by Doug Kirby, Ken Smith, and Mike Wilkins, who also created the website roadsideamerica.com a site dedicated to cataloging various roadside attractions across the US. 
and who did extensive research and interviews about these statues, uh, where much of the information in this episode comes from. Uh, but uh, international fiberglass made a lot of other things too, like a giant dinosaur for a Sinclair gas station. Uh, they also made figures called Uniroyal Gals, which were made to advertise the Uniroyal Tire Company. So whatever happened to international fiberglass and its muffler men? Well, international fiberglass closed down in 1976. Well, being a fiberglass figure salesman sounds like a job full of adventure and romance. It turns out that it requires a lot of traveling. Dashu had recently gotten married by that time, and he wanted to minimize the amount of time he spent away from home. Uh, additionally, times were changing. Gas was more expensive, which meant that people were traveling on the road less. And furthermore, America's taste and style were changing as well. Things like giant novelty statues were seen as tacky and outdated. After all, this was the era of the pet rock and leisure suits, but people were much more sophisticated. And so international fiberglass closed its doors and the molds for the muffler men were destroyed. So that was the end of that. But not entirely. You see, lots of muffler men still exist. Some of them can still be seen today, and there are others who have been broken or damaged. But as people come to appreciate the snapshot into American history and culture that the muffler, that the muffler men provide, there have been efforts to restore and repair the muffler men. The aforementioned roadsideamerica.com is just one of several websites that chronicle and catalog locations where people can find and see muffler men if they're interested. So while Pruitt and Dashu's work has been discontinued, their legacy lives on. But that's not all there is to this story. While I was researching this, I got to thinking, surely the muffler men weren't the first giant statues out there, right? Specifically, I remember a giant Paul Bunyan statue that I saw during a family vacation to Minnesota. And this one looked markedly different from the muffler men of international fiberglass. Well, I did some research and discovered that this one dates all the way back to 1937. Also, it's made from concrete, not fiberglass. So Pruitt and Dashu certainly weren't the first to make giant Paul Bunyan statues, nor were they the last. They just mastered the art. But then there are the Big Boy statues. Now, Big Boy is a restaurant franchise that started in the 1930s. Going back to my hamburger episode, they're notable for being the first restaurant to offer a double patty burger, apparently. Anyway, they were known for having giant statues of their eponymous mascot. So I decided to try to find when and by whom the original big boy statues were created. And according to roadsidearchitecture.com, it was international fiberglass and maybe some other companies too. So the Paul Bunyan statue in Minnesota is the oldest kind of these statues that I was able to find. But there are other giant novelty roadside attractions in North America. The oldest of these that I was able to find was Lucy the Elephant, which is a giant elephant-shaped building that was made in 1882 and still stands today in New Jersey. Okay, but that's just the USA. What about throughout the world? Well, now that's a tricky question to answer. First of all, we have to consider what exactly we're talking about here because, I mean, we have giant effigies of men 
uh, all throughout history, like the Colossus of Rhodes or the statues of Ra the statue of Ramses II. I wouldn't say those are the same field as a fiberglass statue of a guy carrying a giant hot dog, but anyway. Uh, but you know, one would think that throughout history, there's been some kind of novelty statues encouraging people to buy some kind of product. But you know, if there is, I haven't found any. Most examples of ancient or early advertising came in the form of signs or items resembling flyers. So actually, it wouldn't surprise me if the muffler men were the first of their kind. And that's because, while the automobile, the car, was mainly invented in Europe, it became an important and driving force in American culture and economy during the 20th century. Uh, it should be noted, by the way, that most of the muffler men are located on historic Route 66, which are the remains of one of the first highways in America. Uh, and, you know, it actually might be worth doing a whole episode on this topic, but the historicity of Route 66 has made it a sort of symbol of American culture, which in turn has caused a lot of businesses, as well as novel means of advertising, to appear along it. You know, I think our perceptions of the past tell us a lot about our present. It's interesting that in the age of technology, when more of our business is conducted from out of our own homes, there's been renewed interest and preservation efforts of these relics. Relics from a more analog time when people had to spend more time traveling and when things had to be made from molds rather than 3D printers. Regardless of how comfortable times become, there will always be interest in the artifacts of yesteryear. Thanks for watching and I'll see you next time.